Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with saxophonist Trip Sprague. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello, and welcome to San Diego Sessions. I'm one of your hosts, Ed Kornhauser. And I'm your other host, Ian Tordella. And we are joined here in the studio on this lovely late July morning uh, with saxophonist, engineer, and multi-instrumentalist, Trip Sprague. Well, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to, glad you're here, too. <laughs> and uh, before we get into some of Trip's music, I have our usual top-of-the-show segment, This Versus That, although there's a running petition to have it renamed inane banter. Yeah, it's very much both of those things. <laughs> so for this week's episode of This Versus That, we're going to start with two Andersons, trombonist Ray Anderson uh, of free jazz fame, who worked with Anthony Braxton. And uh, I'm trying to take a wild guess who the other Anderson is. Versus Reed Anderson, Anderson yep, basis of the bad plus. Call it. Uh, definitely I'm going Reed Anderson. Absolutely. I was a... Uh, um, I know a lot of people like to hate on the Bad Plus, but they were a huge influence on me coming up. They were kind of really, I felt like they were really blowing up right about the time I was graduating high school and getting into college, and I've seen them maybe a half dozen times. Um, and yeah, their sound and their whole aesthetic has been a huge influence on my playing. Uh, Ethan Iverson's pianistic approach especially, but all three as a unit really make something more than the three of them could do individually. And... uh I'm curious to see what they're like now that uh, Ethan Iverson has left the band. Very curious. But Ed, I've played with Ray Anderson. Wait, wait, Reed Anderson or the Ray band? Anderson? Wait, oh, oh, yeah. I've played with him. Oh shoot! So In you should case, have picked him. I changed my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, can we rewind the tape on that? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like to go with Ray Anderson. <laughs> Do you play with him really? Uh, with Mark Dresser, ah. they're they're good friends, and in that context, I've played with them before. Wow! Oh, brilliant! Kind okay, out avant garde jazz. Well, my my high school principal was named Ray Anderson, and he actually played trombone. So it's just a running yeah. joke. So it's off today. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm off. Wow! <laughs> but but Ray Anderson, my principal, was a way more inside uh, yeah. trombone player than the other Ray Anderson. What about Louis Anderson? <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Next up, we're going into the Marsh saxophonist and former Los mm. Angeles resident Warren Marsh versus uh, jazz vocal arranger and jazz vocalist Carrie Marsh. Oh, that's a... Uh, you're really stepping up your pun game today. Uh, <laughs> hmm. You know, I, I actually really like Carrie Marsh's arrangements and I've always liked his his uh, his approach. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to go with him, actually. Oh, 
I know. Am I making wrong choices Ed, again? You're choosing. You're not choosing Warren Marsh in front of two saxophone players. I know. I know. Well, I'm a rebel this morning. We're incredibly disappointed. That's right. Okay. Uh, last one. Um, this is uh, okay. But well, I'm just going to go with it. Mbase, the founder of Mbase, Steve Coleman, versus Freebase, one of the recreational uh, activities of trumpeter <laughs> Freddie Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> that's ooh. so m base versus free base oh wow that's oh boy uh i think uh one of them is a very positive influence on the world and music and that's free but no i'm uh i'm gonna go with m base <laughs> safe choice yeah no i'm not gonna let's not light ourselves on fire today oh man all right was he was freddie hubbard free basing when he burned his lips uh I don't know if we can get into that. Okay. Was he? Wait. No. Wait. No. Wait. I'll say it again. Was Freddie Hubbard allegedly freebasing when he burnt his lips? Uh, allegedly, yes. Okay. I heard about a lip something with a lip. So. All right. I better end this while we're still ahead. Uh, once again, we're here with saxophonist and multi instrumentalist Trip Sprague, and we're gonna kick it off with a track from his album Wall to Wall. This is Extensity. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, and we're back on San Diego Sessions with Trip Sprague. That was a track, Extensity. Uh, yeah, I was really enjoying that trip, and it's Thank great you. to hear. I know Rob Whitlock was on piano there. It's great to hear him. Uh, who else was playing on that track? Uh, that was Duncan Moore on drums and Mr. Bob Magnuson on the, on the bass. Right on. The the OG crew. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you recorded this at uh, at your brother's studio, Sprague, uh, your brother Peter's studio, Sprague. That's think. right. Yeah. Was that Sprague kind of a new thing back then in 2006 or had it been around you know, for a couple of years? No, not really. Um I ex- I forget exactly what year Peter got that going, but no, it's been going for a while okay. before that. I know that's the that's the uh he's since gotten a new piano since I think 2006 though so that's the older it, piano but no it might be the same piano oh really okay. yeah oh, I thought a I Yamaha I think it is actually the same piano oh wow it's, it sounds terrific yeah yeah it certainly sounds great we were talking uh, on the break and uh, and and also I was talking to uh, uh, my buddy and uh, fan of the podcast Mackenzie Layton bassist Mackenzie Layton the other day he was informing me about how you kind of worked out a, a situation with the other players on this record to kind of do each other's solo albums, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It was kind of a clever way to basically save costs is we said, hey, let's all play on each other's projects. And uh, and it was uh, Peter and I and Bob Magnuson and Duncan Moore. And, um, and Peter, you know, threw in the cost of the studio for free, which was great. And Bob uh, made a great CD called Liquid Lines. Mm. And Peter made a CD called... Uh, taking it all in and mine's called wall to wall and Duncan uh, never quite finishes so huh. still in the can it's you, yet to be released that's right yeah. wait so you guys did record some stuff we'd recorded I think two songs oh wow uh, the lost Duncan yeah, Moore so tapes we'll have to start a movement to find those lost tapes were we're they have... were they his compositions or yes and they were I remember one was maybe in seven kind of groove oriented and and we all, I thought it was great. I said, keep going, Duncan. And, oh, but, uh, so I'm going to have to bug him about that. We'll have to encourage him. him. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, technically you still owe him one as per the. That's right. Yeah, you owe him a record. That's right. <laughs> and, well, obviously with your brother Peter, you go back a long way, but how far do you go back with the other players on this record? Rob and, and, well, and, Bob um, and Duncan. Duncan probably, uh, I'm 60. I met Duncan probably when in my mid-20s. Oh, wow. He moved out from Iowa and uh, basically joined our band. and and Your, your, your band with your, your brother? Yeah, yeah. And back then, we would have things like, oh, we have a gig for two months, five nights a week. Uh-huh. And, you know, so he did some of those kind of gigs with us. Was this, uh, and forgive me, I might be wrong, was this Pass the Drum or was this was No, it was band? just, no, Pass the Drum was uh, Peter's kind of samba-oriented gotcha. band. Gotcha. It was just Peter Sprague, probably, or uh, Dance of the Universe Orchestra. Ah, yes, I, yeah. I think uh, maybe that's what you're thinking of. I've been I heard that record the other day, Dance of the Universe. Uh, are you are you is that are you playing on that? Yes. Yeah, there's like one real giant stepsy tune that's like the first tune, and then the rest of the album is some sambas and. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's we a cool record. Did that when I was 20, our first album. Wow. Yeah. That sounds terrific. I love that. Yeah. I, my buddy has the vinyl on that. We were listening to it maybe three, four weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And what about uh, uh, Rob Whitlock, the pianist on this? He was just a hired gun. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He's he's great. He's great. Or, he's a great local pianist and organist. Really, is one of those rare cats who can who can do both. Yep. Idiomatically and sound not like he's 
a guy who plays one doing the other. Yeah. I almost think organ is kind of his roots. Mm. Well, certainly, it, it, yeah. it's it's almost hard to play organ if it's not your roots. I've been yeah. trying, and it's and I feel like I'm fighting it. <laughs> it's 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 really hard. It's well, just completely backwards. But you do also, well, Ed. I try. <laughs> Rob's dad, Bob Whitlock, is also a pretty uh, notable jazz guitarist. So maybe that organ trio thing was built in. You know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's hardwired. Um, Trip, we were talking about a little bit about Warren Marsh while we were listening to the tune. It had a little bit of a angular melody, but yeah. Um, who are some of your influences as a composer for writing? When you, at least when you were writing the tunes on this album, yeah. It, well, it was yeah, extensity, um, which I think means something with extension. And to me, that so that's that tune is a blues, but the melody kind of goes anywhere and and kind of pushing the boundaries. But um, probably Michael Brecker more than Warren Marsh is an influence on that type of melody. Yeah, also that fourthy thing, it always reminds me of Joe Farrell. Oh, and I know. he's one of my heroes. Oh, did you know Joe Farrell a uh, bit? I knew Peter got Peter to play actually with played, him recorded with him or played with him. And uh, that Chick Corea album uh, with Joe Farrell, that, what was it, um, Spain and all that. Yeah. Just, that was one of my main, main influences. And yeah. Moon Germs, I love that. Have you heard oh, that? Yeah. Oh, of course, Moon Germs. Soprano, the whole tune. And the first track with has Herbie Hancock with the road, Fender Rhodes with the yeah. wah-wah pedal. Yeah. So I love that. And is it uh, uh, Stanley Clark on bass? Because they actually do bass yeah, folk song on that oh. record. Yeah. Bass folk song. Uh, it's one of the tunes. Oh, no. It's That's a Stanley Clark song, tune. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing about this podcast I really like is I get all these cool ideas of what to go home and listen to immediately yeah. after we're done. Yeah, check out Moon Germs. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I, I, I don't know if I've heard that. <laughs> so if people want to check out the rest of this record, where can, they, where can they find it? Well, it's on iTunes and mostly their streaming services. Gotcha. Cool. Well, or yeah. you can hound trip and I have some hard gigs. copies. Yeah. If you yeah. Get me up at a gig or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Carry around a big bag of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna hear another one of your tracks in a little bit, but let's talk about it for a second because it's kind of it's kind of a different vibe that you're going for here. Uh, if I understand correctly, you play all the instruments on this next track. That's right. I play. Uh, what do yeah. I play on it? I actually play electric bass. Oh wow. Ukulele. Piano, soprano sax, tenor sax, and cajon. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> and there's some, there's some percussion on it, too, is it there? Or? Well, the, I think it's just cajon, actually. It's just cajon? Okay, yeah. I thought I heard like some, some other stuff, but yeah. I thought I heard the, uh, maybe I'm totally wrong, the, um, it's probably just the cajon I was hearing, the, oh, the Brazilian hand drum that I can't say the name oh, of. Oh, pandero. Yeah. No, yeah. no pandero on it. Okay, that. got it. Yeah. Got it. Sorry. I cannot say that word. I try and I just don't want to say it on the podcast because I'll garble it. <laughs> and uh, this tune it, it, uh, that we're going to hear, it actually started out as a demo um, that I was demoing the tune so other guys could learn it. And then, uh, so I played all the instruments and then I just kind of added to it and said, oh, this is fun. And so I'd like to do a project um, where I do play all the instruments. Huh. Like more, more, uh, more like this, more yeah. tunes. Yeah. That's interesting. What's yeah. the... Uh, what was the name of the guy? Edgar Winter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, but not the same vein at all. But he he played all the instruments on those on that. Oh, okay, I didn't stuff. realize that. I think so. Uh, hopefully, I'm not talking out my out my out my, out my behind. Um, so you're known around town for playing, you know, tenor, soprano, and also chromatic harp. That's right. And yeah. and flute. But how long have you been playing? You know, guitar, bass, ukulele, oh, piano. Gosh. 
Have you always well, been interested I ha- I have a, in playing I have everything? A strange routine where uh, a lot of days I will play these different instruments for ten minutes a day, hmm. like bass, guitar, piano. I have a drum set, and uh, I just it just makes me feel good, and and that it help. I think it, it it helps me understand the other instruments. Just something I find enjoyable. It kind of does when you when you play an instrument that's yeah. not yours, but you're still trying to like carry over your musical knowledge and concepts onto this other instrument. It, it informs your playing. Yeah, like I love trying and failing, but I love trying to play drums. But I know really you helps. play what I saw you playing a brass instrument or something. I play tuba, but not yeah. that great. But it it does sort of help me when I'm playing tuba and I'm trying to focus on playing in tune. If I do that for a while, it does sort of my intonation gets a little better or my ear for intonation yeah. gets a little bit better when I'm more aware of it. And you have more compassion for sax players. Good Lord, yes. Tuning yeah. every note on the fly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pulling, I'm like lipping up, I'm lipping down. That's a hard one too because the mouthpiece is like your mouth yeah. falls into that thing. It's it's a weird it's a yeah. weird instrument. Yeah, tuba seems hard to dial in for intonation. Yeah, it's just so low. Just, just fart out the notes and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's that great, one of my earliest jazz records I ever got into my brother sent it to me because he knew I was playing tuba. Um, the Ray Draper Quintet record. Mm-hmm. It's Ray Draper, this tuba player. I think he was on Birth of the Cool with Miles. But this record is him, a rhythm section that I can't remember, and then Coltrane. Oh, my gosh. And Coltrane's wow. far and away the best thing on the record, obviously. But And actually, tuba and tenors have a neat timbre yeah. together. They really do. There's a few tuba and tenor records Does out he there. solo? The tuba solos yeah, on that? Ray, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's Ray's the leader. He's not the best. There's been better tuba players. Howard Johnson is like yeah. a hero of mine. That guy's incredible. Um, or there's a guy, uh, Jim Self, up in LA, who's a great jazz tuba player. Mm. I think it's Jim Self. But Ray, Ray had like a good concept. He wasn't just technically that great. His range wasn't that high. Yeah. So it just felt like he was just sort of blatting around. But then you got Coltrane on this record. And as a young player listening to that, he, it was him that grabbed my, wound up grabbing my attention, not the tuba player. I'm yeah. like, wow, this is incredible. What, and then I sort of found myself following down that path. Can you play a middle C on tuba? Yeah. Is yeah, that, is that kind of getting high? It's getting or? kind of high, but yeah. yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you get, yeah, you got to start really lipping up. I mean, there's some you can. There's guys who can get astonishingly high on that thing. Well, maybe you got to start doing tuba for ten minutes a day. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but actually, that's all I have before I get winded. Honestly, uh, just, uh, bassist Justin Grinnell was telling me a while ago about your ten minute a day practice routine. But so, do you try to get? 10 minutes of focused practice on each of them or is it right and, and there's no timer? rules all the only rule is to do it for 10 minutes and yeah. um i think it fights mental depression huh. <laughs> anyways so, if i ever feel like I'm, I'm mentally in a funk or not motivated i just do that and wow this you know that's cool and yeah. uh so a good day for me would be that and then about three hours on the tenor sack so i do think that you have to focus on one main axe but yeah. I think it enhances doing other instruments. I, I do that a little. I, I have been practicing organ, which I do consider a very different in- instrument than piano. Yeah. I, I try to sit down and fire up the little modular organ I have in my house and, or electronic thing and try to like practice that a little bit. It's a totally different approach. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to practicing piano. It does help. It like And then sort of shocks your brain. Then you go back to piano. Yeah. Stuff can sometimes make more sense. Or drums, you know. Oh, yeah. Can help anybody play little drums. Yeah, those those are two instruments I think all jazz musicians should become loosely familiar with: yeah. piano and drums. I actually started on the drums. Really? Yeah. Huh. My when I first started, uh, my brother and I 
we were playing like Cream and Hendrix, and uh, <laughs> I was on the drums. Oh, right yeah. on. So that's you, how we started. You were Mitch Mitchell. That's right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after doing this like 10 minute a day practice for several years, did you find yourself actually building up chops? I'm doing oh, my yeah. air quotes I mean, here. But. Uh, it's amazing how good you can get it on something for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when people are, you know, like a student or something and they say, oh, I'm having a hard time getting to practicing. And, and I say, well, it's way better to do 10 minutes a day than to do four hours one day. There's something about getting it to it every day. Absolutely. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can learn a lot 10 minutes a day. I definitely find if I go a few days and I, and I don't touch an instrument, I mean, sometimes it can sort of spark a, mi- a bit of creativity, but usually it's, I feel loose on like, I, what is this weird thing with all these keys? I don't understand yeah. <laughs> how any of this works anymore if I give it up for a couple of days. So it's like, I, I like to at least sit and mess around with it for at least, at least an hour. I don't, it's hard to find time for three, but at least an hour. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into this track. So this one is actually called Company of Dogs. And this is Trip Sprague on tenor Every, sax, yeah. soprano sax, ukulele, Cajon, electric bass, did piano. I miss anything? And piano. And uh, I, if I just may, uh, how many dogs do you keep company with? Well, this title, it could be uh, like a, a, a corporate company of dogs. You could see it that way. Or, hmm. But actually, this the title of this tune uh, came from, we did a gig with Danny Green and uh, Justin and my brother and I, where we wrote the title of the tunes were about things that we used to not enjoy as much, and now we do enjoy more. And for me, it was the company of dogs. You used to not be a fan. I had cats earlier, so <laughs> I, and now I have a couple of dogs. So.
I'm Rob Thorson, and you're listening to San Diego Sessions. Listen online, wherever you get your podcasts. Here's your jazz forecast for August 6th through the 19th. As always, here are our regular jazz happenings. On Monday nights, Louis Valenzuela hosts his jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 to midnight. 21 and up, no cover. Wednesday nights, Gilbert Castellanos hosts his long-standing jam session at Panama 66, music from 8 to 11. Come by early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Every Friday, flutist Holly Hoffman presents Jazz Happy Hour at the Handlery Hotel from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover and free parking. Friday, August 10th, you can see guitarist Frank Potenza. The following Friday, August 17th, the Echoes Quartet plays featuring vibraphonist Matt DiBiase, saxophonist Max Bessessen, bassist Ethan Levine, and drummer Chase Cusell. Also on Friday, Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate in the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. Here are some jazz highlights for the coming weeks. On Tuesday, August 7th, the Charlie Arbelea's Organ Trio plays at Seven Grand with your host Ed Kornhauser on organ and Charlie Weller on drums. Music from 10 p.m. until 1. No cover, 21 and up. Thursday, August 9th, singer and guitarist Steph Johnson and her band perform for the Poolside Jazz Series at the Westgate Hotel. Music from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. No cover, but there's a $25 food and drink minimum. Just across town, catch a tribute to Charlie Parker with Charles McPherson at Bayside Summer Nights at Embarcadero Marina Park South. For tickets, check sandiegosymphony.org. Saturday, August 11th, CD release for Jennifer Lee and the ever-expanding universe at Dizzy's, featuring Jennifer Lee on vocals, guitar and piano, Peter Sprague on guitar, Gunnar Biggs on bass, and Duncan Moore on drums. Music at 8 p.m. Cover is $20. Sunday, August 12th. Lorraine Castellanos plays at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, but you must be 21. Tuesday, August 14th. Jazz 88 presents Jazz Live with the Gaslamp Quarter Jazz Orchestra and special guest pianist Eric Reed at the Seville Theater at City College. Music begins at 8. You can call 619-388-3301 to order tickets. If you can't make it, listen on the radio at Jazz 88.3 FM. On Wednesday, August 15th, Moth & Sons performs at 7 Grand at 10 p.m. Featuring Ian Tordella on sax, that's me, Joey Carano on the guitar, Harley Magzino on bass and electronics, and Charlie Weller on drums and cymbals. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. On Thursday, the 16th, vibraphonist Matt DiBiase and his group perform for the Sunset Poolside Jazz Series at the Westgate. Again, music from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. There's a $25 food and drink minimum. On Friday, August 17th, Joshua White plays at Dizzy's featuring Dean Hewlett on bass, Dan Schnell on drums, Stephanie Richards on trumpet, and Michael Desson on trombone. Music at 8 p.m. Cover is $20. On Saturday, the 18th, Catch the Matt Hall, Charlie Arbelea's Quintet with a tribute to jazz greats Joe Henderson, Freddie Hubbard, and Herbie Hancock over at Dizzy's. Music at 8 p.m., cover is $20 or $15 for students. And finally, on Sunday the 19th, 
composer and friend of the podcast Joe Garrison and Night People release their latest album, The Broken Jar at Dizzy's, featuring Lori Bell on flutes, Bob Zellickman on clarinets, Melanie Grinnell on piano, and others. The music starts at 7 p.m. and a $20 cover. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. And we're back on San Diego Sessions, brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Our special guest this week is saxophonist Trip Sprague, and we just heard his track, Company of Dogs. And after that, with the jazz calendar, we heard Trailing Blue from his album, Wall to Wall. And for all our listeners out there, if you want to follow us and see some extras from the show, you can check us out on Instagram, at San Diego Sessions Podcast. Also, as always, uh, feel free to go over to iTunes and uh, why don't you hit subscribe and, and take a listen for a while. And if you like us, well, hey, why don't you leave us a nice little review, maybe a rating. Uh, and if you don't like us, uh, you could just, you know, stay away from that. That's totally fine. No need to muddy the waters. But you can send us an angry email or some destructive comments or if you'd like to be a guest on the show or uh, want to be a guest commentator on the show, you can reach us sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Facebook, of course. Uh, But without further ado, now that our plugs are out of the way, we're going to have our much-anticipated segment, The San Diego 7, with Edward Theodore Kornhauser and our guest, Trip Sprague. Yes, we're all about anticipation and not about ado. This is The San Diego 7. These are seven questions we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Ready. All right. Number one, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Coffee. Yeah, me too. With milk. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. And I thought you'd have breakfast here, but no. Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's a major disappointment. <laughs> Your green M&Ms are in the other room, though. <laughs> Number two, what was the first live concert or music experience you remember seeing? That I was playing in, or I was just seeing, just attending. Okay, maybe before you were playing. Well, I had semi hippie parents, so I actually saw Janis Joplin at the San Diego Sports Arena. Whoa! <laughs> wow! What year when was, I was ten. Wow! What year was that? That would have been sorry, like nineteen sixty-seven ish. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Wait, wait uh, with the Holden Company, or was that? I don't know, but I remember her standing up there, and uh, so I mean, it was amazing when I was. Ten, I saw Hendrix and Janis Joplin and bands like Buddy Miles and oh, that's rad. Yeah, that's really cool. Usually in the context of a, a hippie peace rally type of rock mm. concert. You said at the the SDSU, the the San Diego Sports Arena. Whatever. Oh, Sports Arena. Sorry, yeah, yeah whatever course. it's Sorry. called now. Not open everything. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. That is a that is a well, tremendous. That's pretty response. good, yeah. Yeah, that that kind of wins <laughs> yeah. that question. I've asked that question of many guests, and I think that wins. <laughs> that wins absolutely. Plus, Janis Joplin had such a short window. I know, in yeah. which you could have seen her. Isn't you know? she in the Twenty Seven Club? Or she yeah, totally is yeah. <laughs> Number three, in the history of jazz, who do you feel is an underrated saxophonist? Oh my gosh, I like all the rated guys. But yeah, um, yeah we'll go uh, So that's a hard question. Uh, ben Wendell. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Modern player, but great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm impressed. Have you heard him? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's an underrated bassoonist. <laughs> great composer, too. Yeah. yeah, I like all of Ben's stuff. Yeah. Especially Frame. His uh, Maybe that was his second or third solo record. It's not mm. the most recent one, but that's a great record. Yeah. Yeah. Number four. And this is a multi-part question. And a little on the experimental side. Number four. Who is the gaucho amigo? Why is he standing in your spangled leather poncho and your elevator shoes? And why will bodacious cowboys such as your friend never be welcome here high in Custer Dome? Steely Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I was just hoping, those are Steely Dan lyrics. And I, I was hoping you could clear that up for no, me. No. <laughs> I... I'm I'm totally confused about Steely Dan lyrics. Yeah, I have no idea. Either. Yeah, but I love it. You you play in a in a Steely Dan uh, yes cover group. In fact, next what is August seventh is a maybe a Wednesday or a Tuesday next week. We're playing in Del Mar, one of those big outdoor concerts. Oh, look at this! This is the Steely Dan. It's called the Steely Damned Two. The sequel. Oh, the yeah. sequel. The sequel. Yeah. The damning. And also September second at. Music box. We're doing a show. Oh, terrific! But I just love that music. Oh yeah, it's like jazz chords over pop. Totally. Yeah, those they were interesting. Are well, um, yeah, they're and, interesting. And that's one of my favorite tunes, Gaucho. Yeah, my mine as well. Yeah, it took me a while to get in the ceiling, and I used to have this aversion to them. I don't know why, because I, I think maybe I was so thrown off by the lyrics and yeah, and and it seemed so sort of esoteric for being esoteric. That's what I used to think. Now I do not think that. They're super rad. <laughs> and what is that song about? I don't really know. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what any, hardly any of their songs are about. So I have no help there. I know what Steely Dan means, but I don't <laughs> think we can talk about it now on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, number five. Uh, this is this versus that. Kind of like kind of like the beginning. Uh, this versus that. Toots Thielmans or ver- versus rather Howard Levy. Toots Thielman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like Howard Levy. Yeah. But he does the sort of... Uh, Doesn't Is he the dude that plays chromatic on a diatonic? Yeah, he does yeah. the overblowing, which I don't understand, but he yeah. does overblowing. We're, both these people, by the way, for the record, are harmonica players right. who play jazz, but where Toots Diemans plays the chromatic harp like, like you do, yeah. which has the little switches on both sides that kind of knock it back. Like, it back. just takes it up a half step. Right. One switch, yeah. Right, so you can get all the notes on a, on a harmonica. If you don't know what it looks like, Google it. It looks like a fat harmonica, kind of. Yeah. But Howard Levy does something called overblowing, which I don't understand, but he can get all the notes out of your basic single key harmonica. Absolutely amazing. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds hard, yeah. But Toots Stillman's is, by, <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree, by far the more interesting And Toots musician. just touches me as a musician. Yeah. I mean, whatever he did was just musical. His tone was amazing. Yeah. His, like, the way his sense of harmony for like floating between changes. He's a great guitarist and an amazing whistler, yep. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number six. This versus that. Thruster versus Twin Fin. Oh, Thruster. Okay. Yeah. Now, Ian, you could, one of you will have to explain to me what I just said. This is the most San Diego question we've ever had on the and show. And I totally got it, right? Yeah. I love that I, I could ask you a question. I have no idea what I just said. I know both of you do. Well, a thruster is a modern shortboard surfboard. It has three fins, uh, three fins that are the same size, whereas a twin fin obviously has two fins. And no fin and in the middle. No fin in the middle, yeah. so it's a lot less stable. Yeah. Um, Are they longer? Not necessarily, no. uh, but 
the twin fin is a lot skatier. So it, it, it feels like it's going to slip out from, un for you, right. from under you, which could be a good thing depending yeah. on your style. So Now, are yeah. you, I, Ian, are you a surfer? Yeah, I surf quite oh, a bit. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. I'd go in the quad category. I'll vote for quad. You know, one, <laughs> one day, uh, this was a really fun event. One day, I don't know, maybe five years ago, we said, let's do uh, San Diego musicians that surf have, and meet at the beach and go surfing. And it oh, was so a, fun. So nice. we'll have to do that again. Yeah. I've wanted to organize something like that too. We should, yeah. we should Fred do Benedetti, it. Fred uh, Benedetti, Toby Aarons, the drummer. Yeah. He surfs a lot. My brother, uh, I surf. Louis Bob. Valenzuela. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, Julian Cantelm. Okay. Ben Wanaker. Basically, yes. Ben, yeah, he yes. surfs a lot. All right, we'll, we'll have to organize the no. SD paddle out. I would surf. <laughs> Kevin Jones. I, oh, yeah, Kevin, yeah. I would surf since I was 18 and it was very bad. <laughs> All right, number eight. <laughs> All right, this is number seven. And this is sort of free association. Answer this however you want. It's just a name. Cornelius Bumpus. Cornelius Bumpus. You know, I know the name, but I don't. It was, it's kind of a weird one. I have, I don't know why. He's a sax player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he played a lot with Steely Dan. Okay. And the, and the Doobie Brothers. Okay. And he has the best name, I think, ever yeah. of anybody. Uh, he had, I think he, he died in his like, 50s, but yeah. I've seen his name on the Steely Dan liner notes, and but I don't remember what his role was. As a, yeah, saxophone. Yeah. I think he played keys a little bit, too. Just not, I, he was a good player, but his yeah. name was amazing. Yeah. It sounds like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Professor Cornelius Bumpus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and that was the San Diego 7 with Ed Kornhauser and Trip Sprague. Now, as we've alluded to a little bit earlier, you come from a, a very musical family. Um, your, your father was a percussionist. Right, my father, um, he didn't really work professionally until uh, my father passed away maybe five years ago. He didn't really work professionally until Peter and I had him work with us. Hmm towards the later years of his life but he um he's main that's mainly how peter and i got uh introduced to jazz was my dad was very passionate about playing miles davis records coltrane dave rubeck things like that get him other young and he would just come home from work and turn that stuff on and just soak it up and so we were exposed to uh jazz and he and he played bongos and drums and pretty good whistler oh wow and so by the time peter and i started trying to play jazz we kind of knew in our head what it was supposed to sound like so that was a huge gift and um if i remember i, I got to see you guys perform with him once actually. oh did you yeah yeah probably, can... it was usually in the context of uh the blurring the edges band with peter uh fred benedetti and i and my father i think that was i might have been it was a uh, it was that christmas eve concert yeah thing in, in del mar right i saw it my dad I... was probably playing the bongos yeah it was this is probably back in like 2003 yeah. or four and then uh, Peter and I, we started playing rock and roll maybe like when I was 10 and like I said, Cream and Hendrix. And then about three years later, uh, for whatever reason, we switched to jazz, kind of discovered my dad's jazz collection. Mm -hmm. And and then at that point, we kind of surfing took uh, a lesser role when we focused totally on music. Wow. That's cool. Your dad had such a strong influence. Yeah. If... um. I might not have all the details. Uh, I might have some of the details on this wrong, but didn't your father also write screenplays as well? Yes, yeah. he uh, he got a movie made. Well, his biggest biggest success was yeah. he wrote a screenplay with a uh, partner of his about it had to do with hang gliders when hang gliding was just first hmm. coming on the scene, and so 
um, a movie studio bought the screenplay and they didn't really use much of the screenplay. They mostly used the idea of hang gliders with machine guns on a mountaintop and Oh, wow. I didn't so, know it was that. Now, yeah. now I really want to see this. But it, I think James Caan was in it, wasn't he? I don't know. Oh. I forget. I have the poster at home, but I forget who's in it. Hangliders with machine guns. As <laughs> if we don't have enough to be terrified in yeah. this modern day <laughs> time. Stay away from the glider port. Right. But, exactly. Stay yeah, so my dad bonds. was a screenwriter, but I mean, yeah, he never had a huge success. His his main job was he was a so, uh, sociologist. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Like a think tank kind of guy. Do you have any other members of your family who are, who are musicians? Or uh, my oldest sister, Terry, is uh, a dance choreographer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. And she now teaches um, some, some online courses at uh, some of the community colleges. They're having to do with multimedia, film, and dance, and artistic, things like that. Oh, very cool. And... Uh, I know you perform a lot with your brother. Oh, yeah. And I believe now there is a third generation. Your daughter's My playing. daughter, right. right. Uh, my daughter, Kate, is 17. And she. Uh, I do gigs with her. Usually, I, when I do gigs with her, I usually play keyboards. And she's also a background singer in the Steely Damned 2 band. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Along with uh, the leader of the Steely Damned 2 is Hank Easton. Mm. Bassist, yeah? No, the guitar, guitar player. Guitar, sorry. Great guitar player. Sorry. And he, his... Uh, his 15-year-old daughter is also a background vocalist. So, oh, wow. Right on. We've got the second generation coming up here. Um, when you were coming up, who was your first saxophone teacher? Joe Murillo. Ah. You remember him? I, a very... San Diego legend. Yeah. I got to play with him for uh, less than a lot, more than a handful of times. You know, uh, enough to yeah. really just bond with the guy. He's amazing. Great, great guy. And it's a funny story. When I first started, there wasn't internet. And so for the first week, I actually played the sax with the mouthpiece upside down. <laughs> so, Did Joe I take show one up, look at that? Joe shows up. He came to my house for a lesson. He's like, well, you might try turning the mouthpiece so the reed's on the bottom. And uh, and then I, di I didn't take that many. I'm mostly self-taught. Mm. Mostly self-taught. I took a handful of lessons from him. And he said, you're fine, son. Go on. <laughs> huh. um, but he's a he had a big heart. He, he and he, he taught. Did he teach your brother as well? Or did no? He... Um, my brother Bill Coleman, a local guitar player, oh, wow. was one of my brother's first teachers. And but yeah, I'd say we were, mo were mostly self taught. Just got to spend some hours in the woodshed. Yeah. Well, well Joe was a. I think we've talked about him a couple times in the podcast. He was he was an amazing player, and uh, I, I could say I, even I did, I probably didn't get to play with him as much as you did, but I do miss him quite yeah. a lot. He's a great great character and an amazing player in person yeah well and there was that great this versus that question joe Marillo versus joe oh, Marillo. that was joe one Marillo. of your best <laughs> yeah ian <laughs> what up I have well to harken back to my own good question <laughs> well no there's that amazing story about uh when joe Marillo got booked like our joe got booked yeah. for some jazz festival in Colorado. I know we got Bob on it. I've heard the story from my friend Mac who studied with Bob. I, I think I'm getting that part right. But anyway, so he gets booked for this jazz festival and he gets his uh gets a band together. It gets this is all like in the in the days of, you know, just writing letters, you know, right. emailing. Uh and so he books a band, they fly out to, I don't know, Denver, wherever it is, and uh, they get there and they meet their contact, and he's like, oh, we're so glad to have you here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, well, um, just right in here, we've got the drums set up for you. Oh, dear. And Joe's like, no way. they have the drums set up for me? What? <laughs> and, well, you're Joe 
Mor- See, I'm going to mess it up now too. Well, Morello. what is it, Murillo or Morello? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and they they just realized their mistake, ate it, and had Joe like they had the band play. It was great. They go, just had they to, had to go with it. Probably. Yeah, they just but they literally booked him thinking he was wow. the drummer. Good thing they're great players, man. Yeah, I know <laughs> he brought out I mean. a killer band. It yeah, but I I believe my I heard from Mac who heard from Bob, but say we played and it was cool. It was just they had the the festival presenters had egg on their face. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. This is the pre-internet days for sure. Do you remember that sax player who used to live in town, uh, Dave Holland? I don't. No. Wait, there was a sax player named Dave Holland? Yeah, he Holland? went to PLNU. He's a good player. Yeah, Dave Holland. Good friend of uh, John Reynolds and mine. But he would always book his gigs as David Holland just yeah. to avoid confusion. It's, it's sort of like... Uh, or the sax player, Bill Evans. Right. Oh, yeah. This is some good good material for upcoming questions. That's true. <laughs> well, do, do you, you have, have you ever noticed? I didn't realize this until recently. You, if you can think of famous... It's a bit dark, but like famous murderers or that kind of thing. A lot of them have f- three names. You know, Lee Harvey Oswald, oh. Mark David Chapman, John Wayne Gacy... You know, the media does that. Yeah. Stick in the middle name to confuse, to not so that they don't confuse any other Lee Oswalds. Yeah. Or David Chapman. Think about how many David Chapmans there are, but only one of them shot John Lennon. Right. Those other guys don't want a bunch of hate mail from that. I never thought of it that but way. But it, it's, it's an intentional media thing to not confuse other people with the same name. Yeah. Hmm. And now you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that could be for another podcast. Yeah. Um, well, Trip. Before we take it out, uh, do you have a couple quick plugs we can get in for your gigs? I know we talked about you're going to be at the Powerhouse in Del Mar. That's the August seventh thing you mentioned, right? With the Steely Damned Part Two. That's right. Um, let's see. I think I'm doing a LP uh, Lounge, one of Leonard Patton's jazz gigs, on Saturday, August eighteenth. At the Grass Oasis. Mm-hmm. Grass, grass Roots Oasis. Grass Roots Oasis. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you again for coming on. This has been this has been extraordinarily fun. The most fun I think I've ever had in a sauna. <laughs> it's it's very, summer, isn't it? It's very warm in this in this studio right now. Uh, we're going to take it out with one more tune from Wall to Wall. I almost said Off the Wall. Uh, <laughs> and this is another one of your compositions, I believe, named after your wife. That's right. Written for my wife, Sophia. And it's a... Ballady 514. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Trip. Thanks for having me. Right on. Here we go.
Listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser, performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Mm-hmm.